Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on this football Friday, and there'll be lots of football. We got monster games this weekend, in particular the ones in Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Frankfurt, Germany. We also have a ton more on this sign-stealing thing, which continues to fascinate me. All that and more. Graziano's here. Let's go. Here we go! Only one place to start. Here's the snap. Four-man rush. He looks. He fires for the end. Intercepted! And that is Claude Alexander. His first of the season in this game is over. Man, really excited about the win. We needed this one. It's good to get it. Impossibly, the Pittsburgh Steelers have Tomlined their way to a 5-3 and three record, despite the fact that they stink on ice. <laughs> There's really no better way to say it. Graziano is here. You said it great in our meeting this morning, and then you said it even better on TV today about the object of the game, the object of the and game. just how bad they are it's at to it. gain yards, right? It's a land acquisition game, and the Steelers do not do that well. They've been outgained in terms of yardage in each of their first eight games, and it add up the total, it's almost 800 yards. So... You know, that's a lot of yards. Yeah, they've, per been game. Out, they've been out gained by a hundred yards a game. A hundred yards a game. And they're five and, and three. they're five and three. It's a magic trick. And the magician is a guy named Mike Tomlin who's never had a losing season, and at this point, I don't think ever will, no matter how long he coaches and how bad that roster gets. Here's the part that's more impressive to me. It's not the total number of yards they've been outgained by because sometimes that can be sure. totally swung right. by one terrible Broncos, game. Dolphins. They've right. actually been outgained in every one of their yes. games. They've been outgained in each of their eight games and won five of them. And it's historic, right? The, the, the 34th team to be outgained in each of their first eight games in league history, which, by the way, is a very small number. Uh, and they're the only one of those 34 that had a winning record through their eight games. So it is exceptional what they're doing. It is... Uh, a testament to a coach getting the absolute most out of his roster uh, and and a testament to the extent to which those, those players buy into what he's selling. And because they've been banged up all year, getting a little healthier in key spots now, but they didn't have Minka Fitzpatrick last night uh, on defense. And a, a rookie quarterback almost went down the field at the end and beat them. But almost is the key word here. Uh, and and the Steelers did, in fact, win the game. They're 5-3. and three. Next week, they get Green Bay uh, off of their mini-bye. That's a team that's struggling. You could easily see the Steelers getting a 6-3. and three And, you know, then he's three wins away from extending his streak. Absolutely. And they have New England coming up. And they yeah. have another. I looked over the schedule a little while ago. Uh, another game that I thought looked highly winnable. They're, they're, they're going to have one of the most unique seasons that I can ever remember because they're really bad. I mean, they're a ba- <laughs> I have George Pickens on my fantasy team, so no one is following this more closely than I am. Yeah. I watched the Amazon pregame show. I think they're very good. Carissa is a friend, and they're, they're, they're terrific. They've, you know, I think their show is really good. And before the game, Ryan Fitzpatrick... Andrew Whitworth and Richard Sherman were all in unison basically saying, got to make Pickens a bigger part of the offense. Mm-hmm. Got to find a way. He's a dominant player. He's unstoppable. He had two catches yeah. for minus one yards in this game last night. I, you can't be doing less with a player that everyone tells me is insanely talented. Yeah, well, Deontay Johnson back now, and he's obviously a big part of things, and, and he missed a lot of games where Pickens was the only option, so maybe they're leaning on him a little bit. Maybe Pickens is drawing the attention of defenses. Maybe the defenses are watching the Amazon pregame show and, and figuring out that they should take Pickens away. Uh, but whatever it is... Uh, yeah, Whitworth said they should throw him the ball more. Maybe yeah. we should take him away. I, I mean, look, I think Kenny Pickett is a 
second-year quarterback that's still uh, going through the process of becoming a, a quarterback in this league that they can count on. He's had some big fourth quarters. Big picture, he's not having the best year, but again, five and three. That's the biggest picture. But, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, we were talking on TV about they get out game. They're, they're 28th in the league in yards per game. And then Ryan Clark says, well, the, you know, the point is, is uh, the object of the game is points. So they're 29th in the league in points per game. Right. So uh, they're finding a way. They make the game ugly. They keep it there till the fourth quarter. And then they find a way to win in the margins. Uh, it is to their credit. It is to Mike Tomlin's credit. And honestly, I mean, at this point, I, I just I'm fascinated to see where they can take it. He's an incredible coach. That, that guy is just an unbelievable coach. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Let's do a quick run through the the three games that I think everyone has circled on the calendar for this weekend. Let's start in the morning, or at least it'll be the morning our time. Um, I'm not even sure what time it'll be in Frankfurt, Germany, uh, when the Chiefs and Dolphins play. How do you see it? I see the Chiefs coming off of a loss uh, being a bad thing for the Dolphins, right? Because I don't see Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid losing two straight games, looking bad in two straight games. It just feels unlikely to me. Now, the Dolphins, you know, Darlington pointed out that they've been there all week where the Chiefs just got there. That could that could give the Dolphins an edge. Obviously, there's two different schools of thought on that. And it's a Tyreek Hill revenge game, and, and he certainly knows it based on what he was saying yesterday. So uh, the Chiefs' defense, which has been outstanding this year, is going to have to find a way to contain their old friend. But, you know, we haven't seen Miami beat a good team yet. Uh, Kansas City's clearly a good team that has some issues to work out on offense, but I think Kansas City gets it done. So if it's 9.30 in the morning here... Yeah. What time will it be there? Because it's like 2.30, right? In the afternoon. So that's not so bad. See, any of us who've traveled to Europe know that, especially those first day, that first day yeah. or two, when you try and wake up in the morning, their time, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. You don't feel it at night. You feel it in the morning. If, if you have to, God help you, if you have like a, something to do at 8 in the morning when you land in somewhere in Germany. Right, because it's 2 it's in the morning or 3 in the morning. It's brutally right. hard to get up. You just feel like death. It's interesting, though. Like, I'm covering Seahawks-Ravens, and it's in Baltimore. I've been yeah. talking to Seahawks people about their program. And Pete Carroll, they'll practice today. They'll fly tonight. Most teams fly on Saturday. The Seahawks, when they're going west to east, fly Friday night. And then, you know, they, they, they have a regular day tomorrow. They work them out, a walkthrough late in the day. And the theory is by Sunday morning, you're acclimated. And that, and this training staff pushes, you know, hydration and, and different kind of, you know, like juices they give the players on Sunday. Like it's a whole big part of Carroll's operation. Kansas City has a, a pretty experienced training staff under Rick Burkhalter who's been with Andy Reid since they were in Philadelphia together. And I'm sure they have a plan. I'm sure they're not just going over there and playing the game. I'm sure they've thought this through and, and figured out how to prepare them as best they can. Oh, of course. I, 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 that's what I mean is yeah. it just seems to me so – not knowing anything about anything, it mm-hmm. seems to me I'd get there as soon as I could. I sure. would have flown there like after the game Sunday. I would have gone right there and started getting your team and your body acclimated. But that look, he's Andy Reid, and yeah, I'm, it's just two different schools of thought. That's obviously all. not. Uh, two more. Um, the next game. Oh, Dallas Philly. Yeah, in Philadelphia. You surprised me by picking the Cowboys. I know. Today. I surprised me too. I, look, I mean, it's tough because the Cowboys. You know, they our, our our friend across the hall there, Stephen A. Is you know kind of made a whole thing out of laughing when they disappoint. Right. And they disappoint a lot. But I just feel like they're going in hot. Dak Prescott is really – the San Francisco game was brutal, but since then they've been – 
They've, they've really been on their game in terms of pass. They, they feel like they've gotten away from this we want to run the ball thing because they haven't been good at it. And that's, so that's smart, right, to back off until they iron that out. And in the meantime, he's throwing the ball great. He's making great decisions. The Eagles' secondary can be had. Uh, so if they can keep the pass rush off of him, I think he's got a chance to put up some, some pretty good numbers. And Dallas' defense is as good as it gets. Greeny and Grouse on ESPN Radio. The other game is the Sunday night game. Bill, uh, Bills at Bengals, mm-hmm. and, and there are so many storylines here, of course. I mean, the DeMar Hamlin and, and all of that stuff. But when it comes right down to it, it feels to me like there was a moment in time when the Bills were about to be yeah. the team in the NFL, and the Bengals just supplanted them they from did. that in the blink of an eye. This feels like a big game to me. How do you see it? The Bengals did the thing the Bills haven't been able to do, which right. is knock the Chiefs out of the playoffs. So, and then they, beat, uh, and they, and then they knocked the Bills out of the playoffs. And then the next, the next year they year. knocked the Bills yeah. out of the playoffs. So, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're no joke. They had a tough start to the season. We all know why. Joe Burrow wasn't healthy. Uh, he seems like he is now. And as a result, they're playing as well as literally anyone. I mean, to go into San Francisco and win the way they did – like that's that's not easy to do, no matter how banged up the 49ers are. But uh, I think the Bengals have an idea how to beat the Bills. I remember I covered their playoff game against Baltimore last year, and after they won it, they knew their opponent was going to be the Bills. And this is about what three weeks after the game, the Demar Hamlin game, where they, they didn't they didn't finish it. And I was talking to some of their defensive players in the locker room after that Baltimore game trying to look ahead to the Bills game, you know, respectfully, right? You didn't get a chance to execute your defensive plan that night. Like, how did you feel about it? And a couple of them were like, you know, we felt really good about it. Like, they, they felt like they were going to win that game, that they knew how to defend Buffalo, and it held up, you know, seven days later when they actually did it. So, Lou Anarumo, still the defensive coordinator, a lot of the same pieces on defense. I think they go in with a high level of confidence on that side of the ball, and obviously there's no questioning uh, Joe Burrow's confidence. All right, one more thing I want to ask you about. Because anyone, many people listening may not know this, but Dan Graziano covered Major League Baseball for a long time, and you love baseball. I can tell whenever the topic comes up. It's a sport you really love. And we are coming off a World Series that was the lowest rated or the the least watched of all time after league championship series where the ratings had skyrocketed Mm -hmm. they were extraordinarily good and it has and will continue to cause a lot of conversation about the playoff system that when you expand the playoffs in the way that basically all the other sports leagues have you run the risk of something that has traditionally never been able to happen in baseball which is two teams that were nowhere near the best in the sport all year playing for the championship and i have to believe that's what uh, contributed to this. I just ask because I see both sides of it. Sure. Where, where do, how do you feel about the whole thing? My first ever year as a beat writer was on the 1997 Marlins. And okay, so this is like the third year of the expanded playoffs, right? right. When they, when, so, and the Marlins won it. They did not win their division. Marlins famously have never won their division, but have won the World Series twice. Uh, that was, you know, an example of a team that kind of got hot at the right time. And had a you know they had they had they had the Braves number all year even though the Braves finished ahead of them, uh, and it's a it's a situation now and I think it's it's obviously much more extreme now with more teams in uh, where you know you almost have to treat the playoffs as a separate tournament right it, it the, and you've said this uh, uh, many times the, the the great thing about baseball always was that you know over six months over 162 games or 154 as it used to be. That, that's a pretty good test of who the best teams are. Right. By the end of the baseball season, you know who the best teams are. The playoffs don't necessarily affirm that anymore. Uh, 
that that's not necessarily bad, but I think people have to understand that. You're not crowning best team of the year. You're crowning a champion of the postseason tournament. Uh, and, you know, maybe Texas was the best team, but over the course of the 162-game season, that did not bear itself out. I, I, the one thing I worry about is this whole thing at, at the beginning where the teams that have the buys have five days off. Yep. And it seems like, small sample size, those teams are – are not showing up to their series as prepared as the team that just played a best-of-three series and won it. So I wonder if they have to look at that and make some kind of adjustment. That's an especially important point in an era where we don't expect starters to pitch nine innings I mean, or right? eight, seven innings. You know, it, There was a time when blowing your starters would have been the most important right. part of that. But now, your starter's only going to pitch five innings right. anyway, and we're all going to applaud him like he just accomplished something magnificent. So I think that's less of an advantage now than it used to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Look, I'm a dinosaur. I'm sitting there watching Game 4 of the World Series, and I'm like, Arizona needs to win this game, and they're really just going to run relievers out there all yeah. night? Like, yeah. how does that? How do you not have four starts? But again, I understand that the game has evolved in that direction and that that is a way to win. Obviously, it did not work for them that night, uh, but we know that it can. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So I do think as, they, as Major League Baseball assesses this going forward, that would be the thing I would expect them to look at. Again, my it's an outside perspective. I have no inside information on what their priorities are or their interests here are. But, you know, you win 100 games, 110 games, whatever. You're the Braves, the Dodgers, and all of a sudden you're gone in, in three days. I, I think that's probably something that they should probably look at. Uh, well, that, that's maybe the best way to frame it is we have the New York City Marathon here mm-hmm. on Sunday. I've done that too, by the way. You've run the marathon? Three times. Really? Mm-hmm. How recently? Uh, 2005 was my last wow, one. Wow, good I for trained you. for it in 08, but then I, I couldn't run it because the uh, family thing came up. But yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so didn't know that. 90, 99, 02, and 05. Well, Those good for marathons. you. What was yeah. your fastest time? It was not very fast. Okay, but... Uh, but I finished each one. I get tired driving 26 <laughs> miles, okay? But anyway, the point I would make is... Carl Lewis is one of the greatest track stars of yeah. all time, one of the greatest Olympians of all time. Mm-hmm. He would not win the New York City Marathon. He probably wouldn't finish. He, he would have no chance. Well, he'd have to train for it. But yes, he, he, right, he, not, he would not have because been trained for it. Because two totally different yes. things. So the baseball season is a marathon, and the postseason is a sprint, and the best marathoners are not the best sprinters and vice versa. Yeah. And so you're crowning a champion that is really good at something that you did not spend six months proving right. you were good at. And that, <coughs> excuse me, that is where... <clears throat> Pardon me. The dichotomy of it all lies. All right. Safe travels down to Baltimore. Thank you. Crab cakes. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, oh. yeah, they're there. They're there for you if you big, want them. Big so. fan of the crab cakes. Yeah, absolutely. Big when fan. when they, they have them at halftime sometimes at the game. They, they'll serve them in the press box. Uh, dinner so. Saturday night? Hopefully. Crab cake? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. When, when do you go down? Do you go down? I'll, go, I'll take the train down tomorrow. i do the Acela down to Baltimore. It's very it's a very nice way to travel. I'm trying to see if I can round up some of my uh, friends from the... Seahawks front office, see if they want to have dinner. Okay, we'll well, see. Uh, crab cakes. I mean, one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well done, Graziano. Thank you for this, as My always. Pleasure. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. The hashtag crew will assemble in a moment. We'll have one question on the best weekend of games of the entire season. That's next. It's ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio on a football Friday. The hashtag crew has assembled around me. We'll have Cam and Bubba with us in a minute. We're going to try an addition of one question here where they will ask me one question about each of the really good games in the NFL this weekend, and I will do my best to answer it. That's on the way. We'll also have trivia coming up here. And I have seen the future of the NBA, and its name is Victor Wembanyama. I will have all that and more coming up in 30 seconds after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists, who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. All right, Greeny with you here. Let's do a question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. This is a good one. Cam, was this your question? Yes. I like it. Has there ever been a coach in any sport that does more with less than Mike Tomlin? That's a really good question. This team stinks. They're terrible. They're unwatchable. Again, I am particularly frustrated because I selected George Pickens fairly early in my fantasy draft because, oh, we heard about all preseason. Oh, he's more talented than Justin Jefferson. Oh, the connection between Pickett to Pickens, it's going to be unbelievable. And like an idiot, I fell for it. He had two catches for negative one yards last night. They did run it for 166, and the defense is good. But again, the numbers are unprecedented. There have only been 34 teams as of now that have been outgained in eight consecutive games to start a season. Let's factor, let's think about that a minute. That includes like the 0 16 Lions, it includes all the worst teams in history to be outscored in, excuse me, outgained in each of your first eight games, is almost hard to do. And yet, they've done it and won five of the games. So it's a good question. The old line they used to say about Bear Bryant, and they said it kind of in a funny Southern way that I've never been able to fully understand, so I'll just sort of say it in my own words, is that what makes him a great coach is that he could take your players and beat you, and he could take his players and beat them. That, that is the sign of a great coach. Bubba, who else falls in that category? Who, who, is, who are the coaches that we currently believe, and they can be historical, 
do the most with the least? I mean, there's not many that I can think of. I mean, to me, the one that always comes to mind is Parcells. I think to me, I mean, to me, I think Parcells is the greatest coach of all time. So I think Parcells, I would say, I would say him. I think he's right up there. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I don't know if I'd put him one, but I would put him right up there. And 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 in this category, I might put him one. I think we would have said this about Belichick because we always looked at those Patriot teams and said, well, they weren't loaded with Hall of Famers and look at all the games they won, the championships they won. But I think in looking back on it now, you realize they really did have very good rosters. Right. And, and they had Tom Brady. And I think all of the losing that he's done since Brady left has hurt that a little bit. You can't diminish Belichick, of course. His sure. accomplishments speak for themselves. But in this category of doing more with less, I'm with you on Parcells. I, I think he's that way, too. It, it, let's incorporate all the sports. What else would we say? Go ahead, Cam. I don't know why I just raised my hand. but Yes, uh, me neither. It's, a, <laughs> it's an audio medium. Just jump in here. We're having a free-flowing well, conversation. Well, you, you can see me. So uh, our, our TV director, Federica, brought up Eric Spolstra. Yeah, Eighth seed goes to the finals this past year. It's good. That, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, I guess what I'd say is, and that is a good one, but that's sort of a, is that sort of a one-season deal? Like, is that one where last year we did an unbelievable job of that? We could say almost any underdog that gets there, we might say that about, or, or many of the underdogs. But I'm talking about Tomlin consistently, year after year. Certainly since Roethlisberger stopped being an elite quarterback, they've had terrible offenses, just terrible. And yet they never lose. They they literally never. He has quite literally never had a losing season, and he's well, going mean, to have another winner. There's, there's no one who can compare to what Tomlin has done because I mean his streak is insane. But I do think Spolster is a pretty good comparison because yeah. the Heat are no matter really who they have, no matter what iteration of the team is, whether it's with the superstar team or aging veterans or young. Spolster does have them in games and competing. I think Spolster is a good one. Gets the most out of his talent is yeah. what you're saying. And I'm I, with that. I just think the Tomlin, it's just tough because you can't exactly, because what Tomlin, I mean, he, he started in 07, which is a year after I graduated college, and every every year since then he has not had a losing season. No other person can say that. Like it's, you can't compare it if you're looking at, oh, who else has done that? Like no one has done that. It's insane. Brandon thinks he has one. Who, do, who are you thinking of? Buck Walter. You know what's funny? I was thinking of that, too. Like, Buck was always a guy. Buck, and I love Buck, so let it be clear. I've known him forever. He worked at ESPN, and I got to know him well, and I, and I love him. And I know this is going to sound somewhat, it's going to sound like the worst, the most backhanded compliment you could ever have. Buck Walter is one of the greatest managers ever at getting you from point A to point B. I right? agree, yep. The question then just became... Uh, well, it's not even a question. He never got these teams from point B to point C. Yeah, he's a he's a builder. He fixes things. But he can't get them to the next level. He just didn't. I mean, the Yankees started winning it right after he left, and the Diamondbacks won right after he left, and that will forever. I mean, literally, every team went yeah. to, got better after the the Rangers went to the World Series twice after he was gone. Good sign for your Mets, Bubs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he, he I think yeah, Schulter is a good example in that sense. He's he can take. Teams who are struggling and young and builds them up and gets them back on track. He can fix things. He's he's perfect in that sense, but he definitely is not someone who can take him to the next level. But he does get the most out of the people, and I think it's it's probably it's probably one of the better baseball examples for sure. He's he's so. But to take it back to Tomlin, when, when we consider this era, so let's just let's say from two thousand on, where where will we say at this moment he ranks historically among the best coaches? It's, it's worth pointing out how young he still is. And, and and particularly working in that organization, I think there's 
There's legitimate reason to wonder if he won't coach there another 15 years. I mean, is he is he even halfway through what his his um, his uh, tenure will ultimately be? He's 51 years old. Could you easily see him coaching another 10 years at least? I think you could. How long did Noel coach there? No, Noel coached there forever. He coached from 69 until Cower became the coach. How many years did Chuck Noel coach the Steelers? It, it, it's going to have been longer than that. Cower's tenure was comparatively shorter. Cower was definitely there a shorter time than Noel was. I'm giving you a second to look that up. How long was Noel the coach? 69 to 91. Right, and so then Cower was obviously another 15, 16 years, and then Tomlin until now. I mean, you know, we, we bring it up all the time. But 69 to now, three head coaches is insane it is. for the Steelers. Like, that is nuts. The Raiders have had that many head coaches in the last Since yesterday. Months. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not even an exaggeration. They've had four different people as their head coach since the beginning of the 2021 season. Like, since John, they've moved to Las Vegas. Yeah. Well, forget about since they moved to Las Vegas. Since the start of the 21 season. We're only in the 23 season. But John Gruden coached them. And then Rich Bisaccia coached him. And then Josh McDaniels coached him. And now, as of Sunday, Antonio Pierce will be coaching them. That's, that's more coaches going back to the start of two years ago than the Steelers have had since 1969. It's ridiculous. But let me go back to my question. The best coach of this era is Belichick. Of that, there is no question. Then where does Tomlin go on the, the next on that list? There's Andy Reid. There's Pete Carroll. Who else has had the longevity that justifies being in the conversation and has had that kind of success. Tom Coughlin is, is does Coughlin belong in that conversation. He won. I'm just thinking because he won the two Super Bowls and he had a successful tenure in Jacksonville as well. Although that one was before 2000, but just generally speaking coaches of this era, I think Tom Coughlin is a little more inconsistent. Obviously he has the two titles, but it's not like the giants were good every single year. The Chiefs and the Eagles have been good almost every single year that Andy Reid's been with them. The Patriots just started to stumble now, and obviously Tomlin's had the consistency. But it's obviously those three right at the top. You could you know, argue about Tomlin versus Andy Reid. I'd, I'd take Andy Reid because of what an offensive genius he is. But yeah, it's it's those three in their, in their own class. Obviously, Belichick's his own, but it's those three. So Reid has won two Super Bowls and lost two, right? He's been in four Super Bowls total. Am I doing that right on yeah. the top of my head? Tomlin... Did he win both of those? No, he won Just one and won lost one. one. Cower won the one, the first one. The previous in one was Cower. Yes. Okay, so 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 Tomlin and, has been to two Super Bowls. And, yeah, and Tomlin won in his second year, and that was the only one he won. So that's the only thing with him is that you know he's consistently good every year. They haven't been to a Super Bowl in thirteen years. Like they haven't been in serious, serious, serious contention in a little yeah, while. He hasn't won a playoff game since twenty sixteen. So that. Yeah, that's where it gets. It's but tough. if they had a different coach, they'd be four and twelve every oh year. Oh my god, so. for sure. Yeah, that's the thing. So oh, you, he's a great. How coach. do you? Yeah, how do you divide it out? You're like, oh, well, he's only won one Super Bowl. Other people have won two, but they'd be a, terrible yeah, without him. Exactly. I, I, every other coach would have been fired, probably. We'll say he was in the zone last night. Let's give him the credit. AutoZone asks us on Fridays to pick someone who was in the zone last night. In the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone with AutoZone. We'll give it to Mike Tomlin as his team runs for 160 yards. Uh, 166 yards, in fact, and winds up winning last night. Okay, let's do something a little different here. We're going to call this one question. These guys are going to ask me one question about each of the big games of the weekend. I have only one question. All right, Bob, up. you go first. Give me a question on any game you want. All right, we'll do Dolphins Chiefs from Germany. And if the Dolphins lose this game, are you officially writing them off as Super Bowl contenders? 
It's an excellent question. I think my answer is no, but it's going to depend in part on how it looks. If this is a shootout, great game, 42, you know, 38 kind of thing, then no. If they get really stymied the way the Bills stymied them and the Eagles stymied them, that's going to suggest to me that this offense is a little gimmickier than I think it is. I, I want to make Mike McDaniel the new Bill Walsh. And parenthetically, I love that guy. Who doesn't love Mike McDaniel? Did you see him walk in there the other day and tell everybody, hey, yeah, I know what you're thinking. I am <laughs> taller than I, than he's, I look. He's funny, yeah. He's funny. He's got a great personality. He's got this great... I love him. I absolutely love him. Um, and I want him to be the offensive genius I think he is. But what Bill Walsh did was he cooked up an offense that has stood the test of time. NFL teams still run it. So is McDaniel's offense gimmicky? Is it something they have just padded against bad teams? So, Bubba, if I may hedge on your question, it's really going to depend on what this game looks like because the Chiefs have a very good defense. If the Chiefs beat them down, then the answer will be yes. If this is the shootout that I could see it be and they get nipped at the finish, you know, Mahomes to Kelsey to win it in the final minute, that wouldn't change my feeling. I have only one question. Cam, give me one. All right. Jalen Hurts potentially banged up, not running as much. Dak Prescott has played so well against the Eagles historically, but with Hurts banged up, is this more of a must-win for Dak than ever? I'm going to say yes. And and his numbers, we looked him up this morning for the TV show as well. His numbers against the Eagles have been extraordinarily good. He and Hurts did not go head-to-head in either game last year. Dak was hurt the first time, and Hurts was hurt the second time. But... Dak has always played well against them. When we say Dak can't beat the good teams, it's really the 49ers who have had his number. He's played great against the Eagles. But I'm going to say yes. I think that there is a psychological component to this. At some point, football players, I know that all almost all athletes are irrational in the way they view themselves. They have to be in order to achieve at the highest level. But at some point, some doubt has to creep in. If they don't win this game, I'll, I'll say the same thing I said about the other one. If they lose a tough, hard-fought, you know, 31-27 kind of game on the road against a good team, then I think you come out of it one way. And if they lose 42-10, to like they did to San Francisco, I think it's another way, particularly with the psychological piece of this. So I'm going to say this is a must-play well for Dak and the Cowboys. You probably go into a season, and Bubba, I would ask you as a Cowboy fan, you're probably going into a season thinking, we probably split with the Eagles. You're right. not going in thinking, all right, I'm writing down two W's next to Philadelphia. For sure. This is the road one. So you play well and lose. I think you survive that. How do you feel about this game, Bubs, going in? Yeah, I'm conf- I'm confident in Dak because I think he's been playing well of late. But I'm I don't think I don't think it's necessarily a must win. I just think he has to at least play well. If he has a bad game, I'd, I'd be slightly concerned. But I, I think in the end. Like you said, I think we're, our goal is to split the two games. And honestly, no matter what, if we were to win both of these games against the Eagles, it, it really doesn't matter because what's going to matter is what happens in the playoffs. So I'm not taking too much stock into these. I think as long as he has a serviceable game, it's okay. And they're still going to make the playoffs. They'll still be there. So he just needs to have a representative game and we'll be okay. He just needs to show up in the playoffs at this point. Why did you say, Cam? Just a quick thing on this. I think it, it obviously comes down to Hurts and Dak and uh, C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown. But I think the big matchup, obviously they're not playing against each other, Micah Parsons, Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick has six and a half sacks this season, 
five of them have been in the fourth quarter. So he's closing games out as Micah Parsons does. So I think this game could come down to which one of those guys gets the key sack, the key force fumble in the fourth quarter and turns the game. I'm with you. Uh, Bart Scott brought that up on TV today. He said we should start talking about Reddick the way we talk about Micah Parsons. Give me one more. I have only one question. Uh, yeah, we'll go uh, Bills, Bengals here. So up and down season for Josh Allen so far. Does he need to return to his running ways for them to win? I think the answer is yes, and that's the problem because he shouldn't. But Josh Allen puts himself in harm's way far too much, or at least he historically has. He is trending towards being Cam Newton. People sometimes forget how good Cam was. Maybe Josh Allen has been better than Cam was, but Cam's up, his high, his ceiling, whatever his whatever the, the, the top level of his career was, was super high. He was the MVP of the league, and his team went 15-1. and one. And then he just, the hits start adding up. And he's out of the league, and he's still in his early 30s. So Allen is big and strong, and everyone will tell you, no, he's Superman. I tell you what, they said the same thing about Cam. So the, the dichotomy of this, Bubba, is that they do need him to run to win, but I don't think they should be running him more. I think they need to preserve him. They need to live with losing a battle or two along the way in the effort to win the war. You unleash him like crazy the last few weeks of the season to get hot. Whatever playoff position you can get, they're going to make the playoffs. Position yourself as best you can and try and make a deep playoff run with him. All right, that's a good job there. That's one question. We'll do some more of them later. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Got trivia. Hembo's not here, so again, these don't count in our standings, but they're still fun. Give me the question. All right, bit of a complicated one, so pay attention. Victor Wembanyama finished with 38 points and 10 rebounds in his fifth career game, third player in the last 40 seasons to record at least 35 points and 10 rebounds within their first five career games. Name one of the other two players to do that within the last 40 seasons. Okay, so in the last 40 seasons, two players... To go 35 and 10 within their first five games. It's a good question. That's right. Answer next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny, with you on ESPN Radio. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. All right, again, we usually do sneaky Hembo trivia, but with Hembo off doing God knows what, we have Cam doing the trivia questions for us here. These don't count in our standings, but they still count for fun. So go ahead, Cam, what's today's question? All right, Victor Wembanyama, 38 points, 10 rebounds in his fifth career game last night in a win over the Suns. Third player to do that in the last... 40 seasons, 35 points, 10-plus rebounds. 
uh, within their first five career games. Two other players have done it. Name one of them. Okay, so I think I have to disqualify myself from this because I think we, we gave the answer in a graphic on Get Up this morning. So what I've tried to do is think of the second one. I think we gave one of them on TV today. Bubba, I'll let you go first. I'm going to go Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, so that's the one I think we gave. I know that Wembanyama did something last night that had not been done since Shaq did it. I don't know if it was this or not, but that I don't remember. I read the graphic, and yet I don't remember exactly what it was. So I was trying. So I think Shaq is going to be right, and Brandon gets Shaq as well, by the way. I've been trying to think, Bubs, who might be the other one. So you said 40 years because that limits it a little bit. 40 years doesn't go back. So, for example, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, those guys came into the league more than 40 years ago. So the question is, is it a superstar player? Is it? Did someone like Jordan come in? Because he was a rookie sensation. I'm just going to jump in here. You okay. guys are not going to get it. It is Shaq. Shaq is one of them. He did it in 92 in his third career you're, game. You're, so you're, 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 you're braggadociously telling me that we are not going to get the second one. Well, give us a yeah. hint or something. Yeah, go ahead. Well, give us a hint then. Give me a little bit I, of a there's, there's almost nothing to give you a hint about with this guy. It's Anthony Morrow who did it in 2008. Wow. Were you going to get that? Yeah, I don't think we were going to get that. Definitely not. Yeah. What team did he do it for? The Warriors. He had 37-11 and 11 in his fourth career game. Jeez. Shaq was 35-13 and 13 in his third career game with the Magic. Yeah, that, that, it, there was something in that. You yeah. could have said his first name was Anthony, last initial M, and I would have... <laughs> I would have guessed a lot of Anthony yeah, Mason exactly. long before I would have guessed that. You could wow. have guessed. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, that's, you could have sp- almost spelled his entire last name, and I still wouldn't have gotten. <laughs> you could have said it was Anthony Morrow, and I would have said, "Nope." No, I don't think so. Sh- should I be embarrassed that I don't know even no, remember who he's that a, is? No, he's a journeyman. Yeah, never really. Okay, uh, I mean, we technically got it right. We got you Jack, did get so, it right. I mean, yeah. Hey. All right. Well done. Good I job. Hamble will be back on Monday, and we'll see how we do. In the meantime, I-, I have seen the future of the NBA. It is French. It is named Victor Wembanyama. So let me tell you how I woke up this morning. I wake up, and like many people do, the first thing I do is I check my phone. Because, you know, particularly with kids who are now adults, you always want to make sure nothing is going on that you need to address immediately. And I see that Stephen, my son Stephen, who lives in, well, doesn't live in Prague, but is, has spend, is spending this entire semester in Prague in the Czech Republic, has sent multiple texts. And I'm thinking, this can't be good. So I open them. And here's what he wrote. Victor Wembanyama is unbelievable. Oh, my God. He's so good, it's scary. Pull up threes in transition. Catch a dunk on a fast break, full speed. He is actually disgusting. He is is doing genuinely unstoppable things. The Spurs wiping the floor with the Suns with Book and KD both dropping 30. So so I immediately said, well, I, I need not just to watch the highlights of this, but I need to go find this game. So I did, and I watched Victor Wembanyama. And he is everything that people have been telling me for the longest time he's been. Remember that I've been hosting the NBA here for the last two years. So I probably heard the name Victor Wembanyama long before most American basketball fans did. So I feel like I've been hearing about this kid a very long time. And I just have a natural skepticism, I guess, that said, he just can't be. I re, I'm old enough to remember when Sean Bradley was going to revolutionize the league, when Yao Ming was going to revolutionize the league. The freakishly tall guys very rarely do. Even Porzingis, you know, all of a sudden is is, is now looking like he might be able to be a, a, an important player. You know, the third most important player on the Celtics or something like that. He was supposed to be the unicorn. 
Very, very few guys like that. Durant is a unique, Nowitzki is unique, guys this height. And, of course, Wembanyama is four or five inches taller than those guys, maybe more than that. I, I can't decide how tall he is. He looks like he's eight feet tall. His skills are impossible to believe. Last night, he showed you everything that we have been waiting to see. He steps into a three at the very end. Bubba and Cam, did you see this? Have you seen these highlights at least? Yeah, I saw the highlights yeah. uh, you're showing on Get Up this morning. Yep. But the three he steps into with like four seconds left in the second quarter, he looks like Steph Curry. I mean, <laughs> he, he looks like, well, he looks like two of Steph Curry's. It doesn't seem normal. It, it, it is not normal. He has a beautiful shooting stroke. His ability inside is, of course, in, unimaginable considering his height and his quickness. But we are showing you now on the ESPN app the play I'm talking about. He just steps into a three so comfortably. He runs the floor unbelievably well. He's 19 years old. Now, the fear is always with guys this big that they'll start having physical problems. He's not heavy, though. Like, the really big guys tend to have problems with their feet. They almost always tend to have a problem. It's not, it's not, almost, like it's not just lower body. It's the feet, specifically the feet. Um, he's so light. I'll just say this, as a fan of the sport, please let this kid stay healthy. Please let him be healthy. He's so much fun to watch. He's got, there's almost like a freak show element to it, like a, like a circus-like element to it, but it's totally real. Like, there's nothing about it that isn't completely legit. I do not think it's overstating it to say he has a skill set that we've never seen before. We've literally never seen a player at this size with this level of talent. He has he has skills like a player who is, I mean, a full foot, if not a foot and a half shorter than he is. So I just hope he stays healthy because the kid is special. That was so much fun to watch. The other thing I'll mention is that the NBA's in-season tournament starts tonight. And it's a very big deal to the NBA, and I'm, I will be fascinated to see how this goes. What the league wants, and what I hope they get, is the players treating this like these games mean something more. This is because Adam Silver is an unbelievably smart man. And what he is doing is he's creating an opportunity for the players to do something in November, and it will end in early December, a time of year where traditionally the NBA is completely swallowed up in attention by football. He's creating something that hopefully will bring a little juice and buzz. And I can tell you who's on it to do it because they're, you know, the courts are going to look different and the uniforms are going to look different and all that will be fun for a little while. But what will really matter is if the players treat it like it matters. If the players treat this tournament like it means something to them, then it will mean something to fans. So we're going to have two games of it tonight. We'll have Knicks, Bucks, and then we'll have Mavericks, Nuggets. And again, these are they're going to count as regular season games. So the onus to make them matter more is on the players. They have to treat it that way. They have to play that way. They have to act that way. I really hope they do. I'm going to watch tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing whether they treat this the way the league wants, like it matters something more. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or 
Watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.